episode of Cheaper Than Therapy uh, with me, Chris Kavaner. Uh, it's been going pretty well for me. Uh, just, you know, things going better. Uh, starting to be a little bit more mindful about little things in my life. Uh, hopefully, you know, if you're following this podcast, you start to feel the same way too. And uh, we start to uh, grow and get better together. I think my goal now, uh, still looking at my goals, uh, be off my medication and to uh, be pretty much symptom free from any uh, sort of mental thing, I guess I, I've been diagnosed with. Uh, just wanted to say thank you to you guys uh, for all the positive feedback I've been getting, uh, especially since releasing Self-Medicating, uh, episode six. I've gotten a lot of great um great encouragement uh, from you listeners, and uh, it floored me, really. I mean, people just coming out of nowhere and uh, offering me their their compliments really does a lot for me, and I didn't think, you know, it would, but uh, here we are. So, uh, like I said, uh, this, uh, this episode, uh, I was aiming to have a guest on, and as luck would have it, one of my uh, good buddies was able to... Uh, set up a session with me and you know I went over to his place and we recorded uh, an episode and we kind of just like you know shot the shit and it was really cool and um, his name's Laurent Pitre he's a actor funny man uh, deep person with a, a great love for art and uh, and mindfulness as it turns out which was just like a trip to have a great conversation with him I also got to officially meet his girlfriend uh, Val and she was so cool too so it was great you know it's a uh, you know if you haven't um, gone out of your comfort zone uh, lately I suggest you do it because you know there's a reason why uh, people do these things you know like uh, not take a risk per se but you know go and do something you know it's really cool and you know what I've been going and doing something almost every week for just myself uh, and it makes me a better dad, better husband, better person. I recently, well, I have been going to like uh, therapy, like official therapy sessions every week for the past, uh, I don't know, six months now. And uh, that's been helping a lot. And also I signed up for an acting class recently. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and uh, it's time to just like, you know, brush up on what I can do and actually do what I love to do. And it's like why I thought maybe I was above that because... I had I was a professional actor or whatever, but no, I'm not. I mean, I just I love acting. I want to do it more. If it costs a little bit of money, and I get to do it every week, well, why the fuck wouldn't I? You know. So you know, there there I am, and actually I'm going to a class tonight, and I'm very excited about it. So there you go. Uh, I guess rant over. Uh, I've kissed your asses enough by thanking you for your compliments. And I uh, say, let's just start this uh, this this episode, the first interview episode of Cheaper Than Therapy uh, with Laurent Pitre. Let's let her rip and see what to do. So I'm with uh, Laurent Pitre. Is that how I say it? Laurent Pitre, yeah. Okay, I'm just good. so that was, angry. No, that was okay. great. That was actually good. That was good. And he is a uh, Montreal-based actor, writer... Um, comedian, because you're hilarious, I oh, would say. Cause, and we did do improv comedy yes, together. Yes, we did so that. Uh, and he is one of the uh, 
people who I see most on TV, I guess you could say, <laughs> especially uh, on that egg commercial uh, yeah. that's playing now, and it's yeah. fucking amazing, and I'm so proud of you every time I see Thanks, that. Man. I was like, this Laurel was up! <laughs> so happy. And uh, he's also one of the most genuine human uh, beings that I've come across over my uh, career, and now I'm Thanks, making man. lovey eyes at him, and it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really wanted to have you on the podcast, um, not only because you said yes, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just so desperate. Uh, it's more because uh, I always appreciated your view on stuff and how uh, when, even when some negative shit would happen around whatever we were working on together, you still w- were able to like hold your head high and like mm-hmm. not let it fucking destroy you. Like I've seen other people deal with shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I've always fucking took my hats off to you for that. Thanks, man. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I don't know how we should like open the conversation up. Uh, you mentioned to me earlier that uh, you went through a. We're just gonna hit it on the head with yeah, this, let's right? Yeah, go in. You and went through. Deep. You yeah. you went. Your parents had a divorce when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and you mentioned to me that you uh, had like a little bit of divorce therapy during the time. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's fucking brilliant that your parents at least For gave sure. you that option because I, sure. I know a lot of people who could have used it, especially in our generation mm-hmm. of, uh, you know. The Gen Z, why? I don't know what generation we are. Yeah, uh, millennials. Millennials. Uh, yeah, I think that is I just, it's such a dirty word to me. It millennials. Does, it's it comes with a stigma. I feel like I'm insulting somebody who pays more taxes than I do <laughs> when they call me yeah. mille- millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Anyways, so yeah, so uh, why don't you open up uh, a little bit about that? For sure. Um, so yeah, when I was uh, really young, uh, ten years old, my parents. No, wait, was it ten? No, I think I was younger. Uh, yeah, I think I was like six. Oh wow! When they got divorced, yeah, I think that's more accurate. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it was a big, big event, especially because the reason why my parents got divorced was because my dad is gay, and so my dad came out. Wow. And uh, obviously, he had to live his truth, and I have a sister, and. You know, I'm here yeah. because, un- like, fortunately and unfortunately, he was living in the closet at the time, right? That's, that's incredible. So it was this big, intense uh, separation, especially for my mother, who kind of had to, like, live with this shocking truth and this, like, uh, you know, regrettable um, secret that, that my dad was keeping because he was, you know, also cheating on her, but, uh, like... Well, yeah, I mean, you divorce. can only you can only hide your exactly for your, for your, so long your natural like urge, yeah exactly you know? like yeah and yeah. F- so it was kind of a tr- traumatic experience for uh, I mean the whole family you know but mm-hmm. and I'm sure it wasn't at all easy for my dad and uh, I think it, it's fu- it's funny because I didn't feel like I needed therapy for that because mm-hmm. at the time I really was actually happy for my dad because I think at a a young age I was able to understand that he needed to do this Uh to to like live his truth at a young age I was able to figure that out and I was happy for him and I got to see him finally with someone like a man and be in love and see that love and and I was like my mind was opened I was like whoa wow like Love exists on so many different levels with different people in different ways, and I was like... And it wasn't weird for you to be like... Because I know my kids, right? I'm trying to put myself in your dad's shoes, so I'm looking at my kids, and they see mommy and daddy together, 
Yeah. And then, I mean, I have a four-year-old son. You were six at the time. It's, yeah. It's a huge difference in, like... For sure. Um, intelligence that they have at that age. But was it weird for you to go from mommy to daddy and then daddy with a, a boyfriend yeah. and mommy with another guy? Yeah. Because that, to me, is just something that, like... I don't know. That that would be like the hardest part of a divorce would be to like be moving on with my life. It was a weird thing for I, you. I, I think I very rapidly sh- and it's a weird shift in my life because I feel like at that age I was able to start. I I, I was able to gain consciousness. Is the first time I think I remember like a lot of my memories come after six years old after that um, night that they separated because I started taking care of people. I started taking care of, I made sure my mom was okay because she fell into huge depression. Of course, and which is natural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I just, all I wanted, I, I wanted her to be happy. Uh-huh. So like the, the year that they were divorced, I remember even as consciously knowing, I, I don't know how I knew, and please don't t- don't tell your kids, but uh, I'm gonna okay, do the Santa okay. Claus thing, but basically no, no, I knew Santa know, Claus they... was my parents. So I you wrote, knew. Dear okay. Santa, I would love for you to bring home a nice guy for my mom. That's fucking Because I knew that my mom would get this and read wow. it and maybe hopefully feel better and maybe yeah. get that guy. And so I'm really, really blessed because, and, and I think we, you know, at the time we don't feel like it is a blessing, but the blessing was that my dad got to live his truth and I got um, a new dad in a sense through um, my stepdad, Philip. Crazy. Who walked into my mother's life at the right moment and... You know that was uh, that was great. Well, you, I feel like you put in your order to the universe with that note to Santa. Yeah. You know what I mean? A in a bit, way, yeah. in a way that's like yeah. you know you wrote down that vision you had for your your mother's yeah, happiness, maybe. and then it just came to fruition. Yeah. And through the magic of Christmas. Christmas. We can all celebrate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, wait. But you uh, you were saying. But yeah, but um, so it's funny because I think the therapy came a little bit later. I think it was like. Um, Especially when um, when Philip came into the equation, I think it was um, just trying to mix Philip's family with our uh, our, okay. our family because my because uh, you have stepsisters, stepbrothers. Exactly, I have okay. two stepsisters, Julie and Sarah, and that was also confusing because my sister's name is Sarah, so I had, oh, suddenly had two Sarah the, sisters. What are the chances, right? And so one yeah. of the things that I don't know why, but it was like a therapist who decided this. Uh, the therapist suggested that my my sister uh, Sarah not my stepsister but my sister Sarah would, would take on her middle name uh, so that we could differentiate between the both the therapist suggested that yeah and but for some reason they didn't say they didn't keep her name as Sarah Elizabeth they asked her to take on the name Sarah Beth for some reason. Okay. And I don't know why that was accepted. It's weird because you're challenging a child's identity. Exactly. And so it, w- it was a little bit actually, it, and not to knock on therapy because I think therapy is super great, but sometimes it can go badly if, um, if all parties aren't ready for it. Or just be or having an objective, yeah. an objective mindset. Exactly. Right? Like, hey, this stranger... Is it's telling us to change our family dynamic. Exactly. What what gives them the right to say that? And I don't you know? think we ever went back after that. Like we we I don't think we ever went back as a family unit and it was just decided that her name would be Sarah Beth and that led to like a few problems I think for her and for us because like 
and even to this day, sometimes they call her Sarah Beth, and it upsets her. Of course, like, naturally, of course. That's because not her name, because that's not. And what she it, it brings back, I guess, you know, those 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 times where it was just a bit more difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fucking. I couldn't imagine just being like, well, your name's not your name anymore, <laughs> child. This yeah. is your new name now uh, because... Because you know what? Whether you like it or not, they are putting uh, a sense of importance on the quote-unquote new kid yeah. coming into her world. Yeah, So yeah, it's yeah. not fair. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. But that so, was my only real experience with um, quote-unquote uh, professional like, therapy. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll tell you right now, I don't believe that is a very professional therapist. No, I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, they, I mean... Um, I think they might have been well-intentioned, but I was too young to even know no, what exactly. that intention was. Exactly, And the fact that, like, first of all, the stigma around therapy probably at that time, this is probably, what, early 2000s, late 90s? Yeah. So the, the stigma around therapy, like, people used to yes. say to each other as an insult, like, yo, you need therapy, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I re- like, bro. Yeah. Oh, God. So, um kind of like to excuse your parents for that is like that's probably why they probably never went back and then yeah you know yeah well they probably were like this doesn't make sense i know that um i think my both my parents after that did did see therapists on their own too yeah and you know i think my mom and my dad and even my stepdad have, have all gone through therapy in different moments in their life and they they've benefited like a lot through mm-hmm. that and through mm-hmm. the process of being I, th- I think able to be able to voice their what they're feeling what they're going through and, and maybe you know develop strategies and, and trying to cope with all those things uh-huh. because it's not it's like I think one of the hardest things in life is to be a parent because it's it's the huge responsibility and I mean I my hat's off to them I think uh, one, of the, one of the biggest things too is like as a person is I I had to do and I continue to like have to um, remind myself is to just like let go of uh, whatever judgment we have about the way we were parented yeah you know what I mean yeah because like let that go because it holds us back and we can end up even becoming what we judged about our parents of course by vilifying it there's this there's this therapist or psychologist I don't know they're not the same thing um Dr. Shafali, uh, yes. read, uh, my wife reads all her books and I've read some uh, pages just because I think it's so interesting and I follow her on Instagram. So mm-hmm. I'm like a fake fan, you know. But uh, she talks about how parenting is like our emotional reactions to what our kids are doing are like uh, learned reactions and they're not our genuine selves. And mm. if we want to raise genuine children, we need to become our genuine selves first yeah. in order to do that. And yeah. then... Uh, once you get on their level and understand where they're coming from, you're not just telling them, you're not reacting out of stress or fear anymore. And mm. you start to really have, and it, we've been like applying that sort of template to our parenting recently. Well, in the past like six months. Yeah. And everything has just gone better. Like everything's smoother now. Nice. Uh, yeah, they still have their fits and stuff like that. But now it's like, it's really the way the parent deals with the, the, the situation that uh, informs, you know, a childhood. You know, because yeah. like my parents were good parents because they didn't beat the shit out of us, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, and that to them was like that was their level. And, yeah. But like as a human race, we can only strive to get better. Yeah, exactly. So now it's like now I'm not just gonna not hit my kids, but I'm also going to love them really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah, anyways. But then you get the whole argument that like, oh, we're raising a bunch of softies who no, cry on the I, internet. I don't yeah. think so. I think it's yeah. 
I think uh, encouraging vulnerability and being able to have real talks uh, with your children is to me those are the most precious moments that I look back on my childhood uh-huh. with my, my like my dad who would just like he'd put me in a timeout but not to and then he would come and we'd have a real talk like as yeah. human beings yeah, not yeah. as like and as like almost as equals like talking yeah. about life and that's incredible. What's really going on yeah. and, and listening to me yeah. and being patient and, you know, um, and as you grow up too, you get these really great conversations with your parents. They're, they're, mm-hmm. you, they gave you life, you know, like yeah. they did the portal that you walk through into this universe. So like, that's an incredible gift. To it have. is insane. And it, as a father, it is even weirder because <laughs> you're, you like, this child was is, yeah is my fault like yeah, I don't know yeah and then you yeah 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 it's it beautiful. is a part of you yeah. in a sense yeah no right? that's it, it and it, they look like me they have yeah. the same habits as me somehow and they mm-hmm. have the same sense of humor as me just naturally and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's weird it's super weird yeah. yeah yeah it's like a you really you you and your spouse or partner you you put your souls together and it mixes yeah. and it makes this 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 being that is whoa completely your responsibility yeah you know what i mean yeah but also to be a good parent doesn't mean you have to be together with your wife or your no, husband no not at all you know what i mean no, I know and i think that's that's what is so interesting about your uh situation because that's such a unique story too mm-hmm. now i'm not gonna lie i'm shocked that it's not the first instance i've heard of somebody going through this yeah this girl i used to work with her parents came out to each other at the same time Wow. So, and her, she has siblings too. And it was like, wow. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, they were both living a lie. Anyways. Wow. You know, so it, it's just crazy to me. And like, it just shows like how resilient, I mean, I find you to be. Hmm. Because now you seem to have your shit together. Like, out of most of the people that I've met and whatever, yeah. to go through what you've gone through and then be able to, as an adult, yeah, be as put together as you are. It, it is a blessing, man. Mm. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it really is the, 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 the way you were raised that will show a testament to that. Yeah. And I find that so interesting. I think it, what, what I'm really lucky to, and I do have to give some credit where credit is due, I had a lot of, like, surrogate parents throughout uh-huh. my life. Um, I mean, as you might know, you know, Fred Ward was yeah. a huge father figure, friend, best friend. And he was like that to a lot of people. Yeah. Fred Ward was a uh, teacher at the Dawson College's professional theater program, and he was like the the mm. the, the wisest man yeah. I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. I never got too close to him because mm-hmm. I've always had like an authority problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but so I never really got in with him. But the moments I had with him, like when he was directing me in, in yeah. uh, like scene work or whatever, were like always mind blowing. And yeah. he really taught me to open my imagination by like telling me to go to. Uh, the Museum of Fine Art and like yes. walk into a painting. You yes. know, like use your imagination. Be with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, Interact and with it. So many people I know, like uh, Tyler Burke, who's uh, an actor in New York City now, mm-hmm. and I went to the same high school as him, he would sleep over at Fred's all the time. Yeah. Like they were yeah. fucking friends, you yeah. know? Uh, same thing with uh, Jay Smith Johnson and Bim Gurma. They were like totally yeah. under his wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you got to spend a lot of time with Fred and you learned a lot from him. Yeah. What what was like one of the the, the greatest uh, gifts that Fred Ward had, had given you? What do you think? Besides the, like the relationship. I like, think also the love of writing, mm-hmm. the love of um, writing and the 
immense realization that you know we are incredibly lucky to be alive and to be actors to be artists and mm-hmm. how you know it's a gift and a responsibility it's like equal equal value gift equal value responsibility so you're responsible to yourself to be the best artist you can be you're mm-hmm. responsible to yourself to be the best person you can be yeah like and you can seldom have one without the other you, you know cannot I mean? have no. one without the other no. i believe yeah. you know if you have a successful career and a shitty life the hell's the point no and if you have a great life but you let your your ambition or your drive or your what you're meant to do go away then that's not good either no like you you're, you're going to be unfulfilled either way exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now do you have any uh I guess because you would mention like you had dealt with depression and mm-hmm. some sort of addiction and yeah. yeah. When, when did you? Because I could tell you right now that I felt my lowest uh, probably from when the Dawson shooting happened until oh, yeah. like I got sober. Oh yeah. It was like a seven-year depression of like me and rock bottom. Wow. Uh, so I I want to know like what it might be hard to talk about, but what was like your rock bottom? Thus yeah, far. sure. I, I'd say it what was, a question to ask. I'm sorry. I know. No. Actually, it's funny because today I went to go um, talk at Dawson Theater actually oh, yeah? because I went to go and talk to a third year class, oh, like great. for uh, Kimberly's career management class. Oh, that's fantastic. And I did open up about you know the hardest and the best times I, of my life, uh, not the best times, but one of the most formative times, and yet one of the most sad and hard times was at theater school. So in my first year, it was the hardest and best year of my life because I uh, f- I fell in love completely in my first year with someone, and I had my heart broken yeah. quickly, and it was like a short relationship, and yet I had loved in a way that I left myself completely vulnerable to uh-huh. a person. And I had given them uh, power over my life. And so so, almost like a codependent relationship where... Yeah. Or like... A, I, I, it feels very... Just like a, a Romeo-esque Yeah, like very... Like, like, if I'm not with this person, I'm not alive. It's almost like the rights of becoming a man at that point. Yes. Like, everybody gets their heart broken that way. I feel yeah. like any man does. And it's yes. like... It really is. Or anyone, not just anyone, men. Anyone, yeah. Like, men, I, women, yeah. Because that first... It's love really is intense, like you yeah. don't know what your this feeling is mm-hmm. and so you think you're you because of the books and the movies that you've seen growing exactly. up and you're still at that uh kind of like malleable age yeah. you like really throw yourself into it and that's exactly yeah no and I was, that's fucking rough. Uh, it's said about a chain of events that just made me uh, fall into a really dark and deep depression that i hid from a lot of different people i hid from uh mostly my family that they didn't know I was going mm-hmm. through anything mm-hmm. I would just kind of hang out at my friends places and then drink or get really stoned or whatever <laughs> and I would I ended up doing that then when it got worse is when I started doing it alone and yeah. I wouldn't go home oh. and I'd go on long walks and take off you know layers of clothing so that I could try and feel like the life going out of me God. Yeah, and I was just like, I would, I'd be in a party and everyone's having fun and everyone, I would just be pretending to have fun, be like that, and then I'd see the person that I, that I longed for, and I just go, 
okay, I need to go, and then I just like write something. I because I was starting to write because Fred started noticing that I was yeah. having those tendencies that were very dark, and he said start writing. And but I would sometimes write something really almost cryptic, but like kind of like a goodbye, like goodbye yeah, notes, yeah, and I'd yeah. leave them, and then I'd start. I walk away, and my friends would be like calling me like where are you oh, going shit. where are you going uh. and it was just like it was just a really bad time and I, th- I looking back on it I was like fuck man like as sad as that is it's still very it was selfish of me to yeah. do that to like because I was really I was really falling into the self into the ego into the like I my life is over I should just uh-huh. end it uh-huh. you know I'm like what's the point and um, what really ended up being the crux of what got me through was writing because I was able to start writing poetry and uh, I would I'd start writing when I'd have a bad bad feeling or a bad thought like a uh-huh. suicidal thought or something like that and I'd try and find uh, the light like because Fred said always look for the light look for the yeah I remember him saying that too look for the light yeah. and I would try and find the light by writing all the way to the the last two lines have like a bit of hope no matter what Uh you know try and find like what's a clever way of finding the hope here and that ended up actually um, the poetry sort of morphed into um, my first play that I ever wrote which was a play about about me and I've never done it I've never produced it but it was Uh a play I needed to write to sort of experience what I was experiencing and understand it from an objective point of view. That's fucking... And see it. When art yeah. becomes your therapy, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's fucking... So incredible. I was like... So you were subconsciously building fucking... An, a therapeutic measure. Yeah, and to get yourself out of this depression. Exactly. And amazing. it was through being creative, through exactly. being artistic, through uh, separating myself mm-hmm from my issues yeah not becoming my issues not becoming my grief and the sadness because a lot of people say i'm sad i'm this i'm that yeah, yeah, yeah and really we're experiencing sadness but we're not our sadness no exactly you are not your emotions but a lot of people thoughts. don't know that they yeah. don't they don't even know how powerful those words are mm-hmm. and to repeat to yourself and not write it down because if you write it down you see what you're doing to yourself yeah exactly and it's also not just floating around in your head anymore yeah. it has somehow escaped you yeah exactly you know it, whether evacuated. or not it's a little bit or yes you know it doesn't it, you can't just be like I'm fucking fundamentally depressed and write that on a paper and then you're not depressed anymore <laughs> no, that's not how no, it works but no. it starts to leak away after yeah, a bit yeah definitely dude that's fucking brilliant yeah that's amazing yeah because yeah, you did do a play mm-hmm. uh, Little Charming yeah that was a while after the whole yeah yeah, yeah but, I, but yes yeah, I, but I, it's yeah. I, I went back into uh, the trauma of divorce and tried to see it from a child's perspective. Wow. I yeah. wish I never caught that show because <laughs> I do not do anything. <laughs> I have been changing diapers for the past oh, five years. It's all good. No, no, no I'm not. That's I'm not sad about it, but like I really yes. wanted to see it. And then didn't you just like remounted it up north somewhere? I did it in Nunavut last year. I and make it sound like it's Sainted Gat. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, you did it up north. Yeah, it's a little far, Nunavut. a little far, a little far. <laughs> But um, yeah, they really, really liked it. It was an awesome show to do, and um, they even brought me back this year where I created a whole new show too. What? So that was really fun. That's too. fucking amazing. I know. What was yeah. the show that you did? It was called Circus Fantasticus Invisibilis. It was an invisible circus show. So, I'm from just 
that I'm getting the idea that you did a lot of mime? A lot of mime, a lot of uh, physical theater, a lot of clown, a lot of improvisation. Wow. Like and you're so good at that. Like, even doing improv with you. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that was a blast. Because we used to do improv together to our listeners. We did yes. uh, Whose Fuck Is It Anyway? That's or, literally or, what it was And then was renamed The Wild uh, uh, Fucking Wild, wild Fucking Improvisers in, in action. action. What the fuck? How do you come up with the same... Yeah. Acronym, but change the words. And yeah. that's Kenny Struhl right there. That was Kenny Struhl. <laughs> so amazing. But yeah, anytime uh, we we got to you know do a scene together, yeah. I was always super hyped because I'm like, I okay, Lorna's coming on. It, the scene saved. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's gonna be good; it'll still be oh, funny, and that's all I can worry yeah, about. Yeah, it was a blast. And you always had these great characters and great miming and great like, yeah, like you said, clown work. I guess yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fucking fantastic, man. Always very clever too. Somehow they just emerge. They yeah. they emerge in in, uh, in crazy ways. I yeah. think it's maybe the cartoons that are watched when I was a kid, or I even the mind movies that would play. You know, I yeah, had, right? you know these characters that I would talk to and be with and create. Yeah, know? it's fucking. It's improv is the craziest I art form. I think it's one of the best it's, art forms. It's adrenaline junkie shit. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think. I think because yeah. you. Literally go out there, you stand in front of an audience, you have nothing to work with except for a shitty yeah. uh, suggestion from one of them, which is yeah. always something like semi-topical, semi-terrible. <laughs> and be like, Rolades! And you just walk out in front of this audience who just challenged you to make them laugh about Rolades. Yeah, yeah, And you yeah. come up with something. It's fucking insane. Yeah. But uh, the, the I think what, because you're an actor and you're a good actor, your strong point was always nice. to fucking come up with like a very heavy mm-hmm. character that had choices mm-hmm. and everything was deliberate and then from there mm-hmm. you fail safe right because mm-hmm. if they're not going to laugh at the content of your rollades joke let's mm-hmm. say they're still going to laugh at the character exactly and that's 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 kind of like an improv hack that i yeah. think a, a lot of people i've worked with and a lot of improv i've seen they they lack and it's yeah. uh it's almost then that's when a scene goes bad. Yeah. Because you're not making a strong uh, choice character-wise and you're not making uh, an insightful or clever um, statement about the suggestion. Yes, exactly. Right? And, yeah. And if you, but you always had both, man. That Thanks, was, man. Fuck, give Thank me some you. props right there. Yeah, <laughs> man, that was great. That was some fun time. That, that was, was good. That was in between my, uh, my first and my second son. That's when I could still wow. get out of the house a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking crazy. That was great. Oh man, um, I feel like I just stroked your dick about improv. Oh no! Hey, thank you. That was great. Uh, no, honestly, I think I, I think uh, it's it's nice to hear that I I did well. But I I mean, every time I start a, a scene, whether it's in improv or acting, it's like you start over from scratch. You're beginners, you know. Yeah. I've done you know. Uh, last year I started doing Montreal Improv and I started at level one and I was like I, I love working with people who are different levels because you realize you're never you're not better than anyone else yeah, you it know, could be someone's never first day than, exactly. it could be someone's first day and they have good scenes yes and you're just like well this person's so naturally talented but it's, I've been working at this for years it's not fair it's authenticity and being in the moment I think and that's where that's the element that I'm working on the most right now with my improv is like Yes, I can do characters e- easily, or, or they come naturally, but I love just being present and seeing what others are gonna bring, and then uh-huh. just how can I how can I feel what they're bringing there too? Yeah, well, that's the idea of uh, being in the moment. Right? Yeah, that it, and that's an acting tool as well. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you practice that muscle of being in the moment, now when you go and do a scene or an audition. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna be better at it 
because yeah. you've worked that muscle out before. You understand it a bit better. Um, like your performance, no joke in that egg commercial. <laughs> I swear to God, it's fucking amazing. Oh, thanks. It's man. like this this character realizing he's like got this like Freudian perversion. Yeah. If you haven't seen the commercial, <laughs> basically it's Laurent and someone sitting. Bes- is it uh, your Hortense Bamas? Yeah, that, she's a phenomenal actress. Never seen her in my life. She's great. I don't understand the French side. <laughs> but it, they're fucking... Anyways, this is just this yeah. really brilliantly acted little story where yeah. um, he goes, you're weird, you're putting, what, hot sauce on your eggs or something? I'm saying eggs for, for dinner? Oh. That's weird. Yeah, and then and then she goes, your girlfriend looks like your mom. That's weird. Yeah. And then they cut to a shot, and it's no joke, like, spitting image... Two redheaded women making some food, laughing yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. And it comes back to your face, like, uh oh, I'm a, I'm fucking weird. <laughs> and then the, it just ends, and it's like eggs, eat them. Eggs, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I've heard so many people being marked by that commercial. I'm like, wow, like that's some really good. It, it's a, it's a bold choice for a commercial too, because it's like, it's a big. You're telling statement. people. Yes. You're telling people. Yes. Who eat eggs? Yes. That they also fuck their moms. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. <coughs> you know what I mean? It's wild. I mean, anything to sell some eggs, man. Like, no, I'm all for it, you know? Th- is whatever. there an English version of that? There is. There an, is? There is an English version, but I don't... I've not I've never seen, seen it. it. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it either. It's because French people are just more in touch artistically that Maybe. it'll... it'll it, they they'll might... see that and they'll go like, ha, for English people, I feel like... <laughs> This is where the separation starts, mm. right? But English people will see that and literally think what I just said. Like, yes. what, is this, what is this egg commercial about some guy fucking his mom for? Yeah. And then they will like just not even Well, there, there is a lot of hypersensitivity in our, our art form, but also even even more in commercials. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, commercials, you have to be corporate. You yeah. literally are picked apart. Your costume, your... You, like, Everything You probably shot that lot, fucking yeah. scene all day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But on like a real film or a TV set, yeah, you would be, yeah, you would have been like, fucking, yeah, like a page and a half, not even, not even, exactly. It would have been done. Like I've done a lot of commercials too, and I know that is super weird, and like even saying like the wrong thing sometimes, Mm -hmm. like you have to stay exactly on book because like legally they can't say yeah this or that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. or certain words yeah. yeah it's never hard or whatever. I remember one time I was doing this commercial. And I, I was supposed to be SOC, right? And I mm-hmm. said something because, like, the other actor was improvising. Uh, it, was, it was Gregory Charles, right? He's, oh, like, a yeah, famous... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was, like, doing the air guy. Oh, yes, yeah, I yeah, remember it was like that a, commercial. It was yeah. a casino commercial. It ran in English and French, but that's why I couldn't say anything. Right. Right? Because uh, they, if I said something in English or French, right, they couldn't uh, even have yeah, it, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. they were just shooting it one way from my yeah. side. And they, they were just like, stop talking. And I'm like... Oh, he asked me a question. Okay, because uh, yeah. in my head I'm like, yes, whatever. Yes. They just won't use this fucking take. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like the other reactions they could use, but no, don't talk. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like I guess they were, but whatever. Always on those those sets, people are operating out of fear because the client is there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Everybody's it's high tension. Yeah, it is. It is. Dollar the the amount of dollars in every minute yeah. and every hour. Expensive. Yeah, you don't want to be late because if if you no. the actor are late, you push. Nobody can do their job without you because yeah. you're they're there to fucking. You're telling the story, right? No, yeah, never. But be late. I mean, any job. Yeah, never on be that late. Set, you yeah. know, 
Yeah, just don't be late to your McDonald's job either. It's don't just, do it. They can't get there. You'll money. rise the ranks. If you <laughs> show up like 15 minutes early before each shift, you'll be manager within oh my a God. month. Even doing that in restaurants, yeah. I show up 15 minutes early and people will think I'm like some kind of professional god. Yeah. 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 And it's like, no, I just like, I wanted to come here because I needed to take a deuce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, what's interesting is that like your performance, I was saying, is very like moment to moment, and that is like an idea I've been trying to apply from acting into my actual life. Hmm. Because that I find, uh, you know how people are like, oh, just take it day to day. Yeah. I've been thinking like, no, fuck that day to day shit, because I'm stressed out if I think about the day to day. If I start hmm. thinking about the moment to moment, dude, I almost live stress free because of it. Hmm. Because um. Fuck, I got a parking ticket and I haven't paid it yet. Well, is there anything in this moment that I can do about it? No, I'm at work. I'm serving tables. Why the fuck am I stressing about a parking ticket? Yeah. Okay. So just stay in the moment. And once you start doing that as a person, hmm. you, in my experience, exponentially start to feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. And it, but it's hard to see the logic in it when you have that depressed depression filter over your eyes. Yeah. Or when you're you've got like, you know, uh, really high anxiety to begin with. For sure, it's it's really hard to like be like no, take a step back and and that's just something I've learned with therapy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, they call it like in, in cognitive behavioral therapy, it's like your immediate thoughts because that's what it is, right? Yeah. Like something bad happens is my fault. I'm mm-hmm. a fucking I'm a fuck up. I'm a bad uh, boyfriend. I'm a bad husband. I'm a bad dad. I'm a bad employee. And then mm-hmm. but. No, that's not true. That's no. just what we've been conditioned to think because of what we've been, uh, not how we've been raised, but how we've been influenced. Anyways, so doing that moment-to-moment shit, man, it's so funny how it works for acting and it also works for real life. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so attracted to that art form of acting storytelling. Yeah. It is even, training for life. And writing, like you are writing these moments, right? Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing because then you get to turn almost your world inside out and show mm-hmm. what is inside you through story. Anyways, uh, fucking beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> moment by moment. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what's next for you, Laurent? What are we What are we looking at? Oh. And don't... What do you mean? Uh... You could tell me both. I want I want actor <laughs> Laurent and I want human Laurent. Because we were talking about earlier how like yes. sometimes you meet up with actors yes. and all they want to talk about is their acting shit. Yes. But what's what's next for uh, human Laurent? Human Let's... Laurent, um, just continuing to practice meditation daily, uh, practicing self care. Yeah. Uh, continuing that practice yeah. is what's next for me. Uh, continuing to foster love to the people that matter the most and nurture those friendships and relationships. Um, Laurent needs a bit of uh, time to vacation from time to time and choose when to vacation. So I've planned a little work vacation with Valerie Mervis, who's my wonderful uh, girlfriend. Yeah, she's dope. She's She's dope. She's She's very, very, very dope. Yeah. So, um, we, yeah, we have, yeah, yeah and I, I like to, um, I like to have, like, everyday kind of, like, little adventures, but we'd like to go on, like, kind of an adventure together at yeah. one point. So, I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there in the universe now that I want some sort of big thing to happen, and then that will allow... Val and I to go on a beautiful vacation. Ah, uh, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's a that's a 
I think that's you, what I think you covered human and actor Laurent. That's what I that did. Yeah, thing. exactly. That was fucking, I yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't need to go into... I'm not going to invite you to my next improv show. I'm not going to tell you about any of my projects. <laughs> I'm just going to d- d- leave it at that. I love it, man. And you know what? I hope that for you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so what kind of... Sorry, I'm just... No, you said you want to yeah. continue meditating. Do you do like mindfulness meditation? Or uh, yeah. are you doing like one that like is... Uh, structured with an app that teaches you oh uh, yeah you so one of them is a guided meditation and the other one uh, is more like i visualize i just visualize uh-huh. kind of uh my like ideal uh not my ideal but just my space like the space that i want to live in eventually mm-hmm. and then i visualize okay what is what does every room look like what do i have what are they where do i live what does it feel like to be there what do I look like in the future what do I want to be what do I want to inspire and I just sort of like visualize very specifically those things and um, and then the other kind of meditation is more just like breathing and being in the moment and awakening each different sense yeah yeah, kind of like an Alexander yeah yeah Yeah, that's interesting yeah oh that's fucking cool I have not met it I tried to meditate Uh, I did like mindfulness meditation and therapy for five whole minutes oh, oh. yeah but all i kept doing was every time i would like try to like um close my eyes and and and, and open my mind and yeah. try to be in the moment i just kept thinking of theater school oh. and how i had done yoga and i've done this before oh, no, yeah, and yeah. every time so i'm like what the fuck is this obsession i have yeah with those three years of my life yeah and then it's like why am i always going back there so it was wow. really interesting to do that is interesting yeah. but to, I would fucking rather record a podcast. Yeah, no, this fucking, is a this is know? a form of meditation in a yeah, way it is. too. Well, it's, it's just a, so it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, and then I try. My wife does it. My wife can do guided meditations. I can't do them. I can't because mm-hmm. I start hearing the actor guide me. Yeah, who's been hired to do that or whoever works at that app company. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So then I start like judging their performance because what the fuck am I doing? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can't. I can't even do it. I think another a form of meditation for for people who struggle with like just closing your eyes and like sort of feeling or whatever, they're like walking, like walking yeah, and leaving your phone, go walk, for a walk right? yeah. and just breathe yeah. and just look at the things. And you know, it's also used as like a writing method. It's like you go out for a 10 minute walk and then you come back and you write everything you just saw in your walk. Oh, that's you, interesting. You experienced and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you just do it like a 10 minute, 15 minute write, uh, writing thing. Yeah. And like, for example, I, well, another form of meditation I do every day is I journal. I journal in the morning and I journal at night. So I journal first thing in the, th- in the morning before I reach for my phone, before I I check Facebook or Instagram or do any of those you, things. And in fact, write, I, 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 like I keep that very limited. Longhand. To, yeah. I, I, yeah. I write, uh, I write like, on a, like some gratitude things. I write um, what I'd like to do today to make it an amazing day. And... Uh, and then I, uh, and then at night I write uh, the amazing things that happened today, and then I write something that I can improve on. That's fucking next amazing. Day. That's fucking brilliant. And imagine like you do that, like just for a week, and you're gonna be like, whoa, I realize what I'm doing in a day. Yeah. And you start to create this habit of just mindfulness without having Straight to up. like sit or meditate for an hour or three or whatever straight and it's totally i just listened to a podcast um 
and they were talking about how important writing your goals down yeah. is. Yes. And I've never done that. Ooh, and also, Isn't that crazy? Also, like, the journaling thing in the morning, I write down a, a statement of affirmation. So oh. I, af- I affirm what I want to do and be every day, and it's like the I same am Laura, sentence. I am this. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't feel like uh, I, I thought it might eventually feel like like uh, like a robotic thing and like ugh, why do I have to do this? Yeah. But like writing that statement out goes like wow I know exactly what I want to be every day instead of like I have like the feeling I know what I want to be. Yeah. But if you never clear it up for yourself, then you're kind of just wishy washing through life that's, too. That's something I could totally agree up. Oh my right? god, I'm probably gonna take that tip. Try it. I I, I recommend if you want to get started. If you um I mean. If you have a few dollars to invest in it it's the five minute journal okay it's called the five minute journal and so literally it gives you the structure so that you can sort of not have to write down i am grateful for it already has like i'm grateful for oh and it's kind of like filling the blanks exactly oh, that's interesting yeah i had yeah. this thing called the anxiety workbook mm. that i tried to do and i was just not comfortable enough with myself well, to do it at that point mm, i I've, I've 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 had a few books like that yeah. too where it's like filling the thing and i was like oh, i didn't dig it but this one is pretty nice because it also has a Five quote at journal. the beginning Sick. and it has weekly challenges too it's it's really good um thing to kick start uh, you know journaling. if it's a cheap book, man. That actually literally yeah, is. Yeah, it's cheaper. like fifteen bucks, I think, maybe. It's cheaper than therapy, man. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great. Damn, you just fucking did it. That's amazing. <laughs> These are all, all the episodes are going to end with me working in the yes, title of the yes. show as a bad like play on words. <laughs> and that's how we. And that's how we do it. In cheaper than therapy. Good All job. right. Well, um, so if you want, uh, why don't you just like plug yourself? Um, you can follow me on the streets of Montreal. Like you a can stalker. Be a stalker. Ooh. Or you could follow me at the Laurent Pitre. I call myself the Laurent Pitre because Laurent Pitre was taken by some bodybuilder. Oh God. Or a meteorologist. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> And you could also just check out my work on my website at... Do I even need W? Anyways. No, you don't. LaurentPitre.com. Yeah. And LaurentPitre, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-P-I-T-R-E.com. Yeah. Thank you, Laurent, for being on the show, dude. Thank it was you. fucking amazing. Thanks, Thank you man. so much, dude. Fucking love it. Love everything you do. Thanks, man. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your dick hole. Thank you. This, why do, why do I got to make a dick joke at this point? It's okay. I'm That's how we end be, things. I'm just trying to be a serious man. <laughs> Yeah, so it ended with a penis thing. I'm sorry, guys. I just, I get uncomfortable. And then I got to make a, a, a joke about the male genitalia. And, you know, that whole conversation, here I am thinking, like, wow, we're like two dudes being, like, wholesomely masculine. And then just when you thought that two guys could have a normal conversation, here come the dick jokes, right? I'm sorry. Anyways, I uh, just want to uh, reiterate my gratitude for Laurent Pitre and uh, his girlfriend for having me at their place to record. Uh, honestly, I'm so stoked that uh, you know we got to record this episode, and uh, hopefully you guys learn a lot from it. I've actually ordered the five-minute journal, and I'm waiting for it in the mail. 
So uh, I'll let you guys know how that works out for me. And uh, yeah, so till next time, my name is Chris Kavaner, and uh, this has been Cheaper Than Therapy. All right, cue the shitty music. Thank you.